Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of What to Watch on Netflix. My name is Jed Shepard and I'm your host. Um, if you haven't heard this show before, it's essentially a recommendation show where I have a special guest on and we go one by one recommending stuff that you may find on any stream platform uh, you can get yourself hold of. So you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon, you've got Hulu, you've got Shudder, you've got YouTube anywhere you can kind of stream entertainment. My guest today is filmmaker Alice Rosso. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so did I say your name okay? Yeah, 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 you did. You did. It's fine. It's fine. Rosso, it's quite, you have to roll the R. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I really I can't do that. Um, I have, I've realised doing this show that I have a problem. I can't say people's names properly. I've just <laughs> <I've realized. laughs> That's really good in a podcast. You don't need to, right? <laughs> I know. And But you, it's really, you said it's Alice Rosso. It's Alice Rosso. But I find like British people have a problem in saying Alici. It it becomes like very different names and none of them is mine. So I just thought, yeah. you know, Alice is just more international. I yeah, love it. It's, it's cool. great. It's cool. It's cool. I don't mind. Um, and I know you from, you were working on uh, my film Salt. Yes, I was. Uh, yeah, I was production manager on it. Yeah. And it was such a great shoot. We had a lot yeah. of fun seeing like creatures flying around, which was really fun. <laughs> I... I um, it was weird for me from my perspective because obviously this is something that I kind of basically wrote in bed or like wrote in emails to like Rob and then just to be on set and just seeing like a million people running around doing things it was it was crazy kind of makes you feel guilty as a writer you're like yeah. oh I'm actually like making these people do this in exactly. a way and then one of the kind of like the, the thing that you shouldn't do is invite the writer onto a set and I was there <laughs> every day every morning um, you were a very good writer on set you weren't you know <laughs> saying anything you weren't trying to get like directions in and no. you were just taking pictures which I haven't seen actually oh yeah we've got some really good yeah. I've got some really good pictures um and yeah but I mean um, I try to not to get in the way quite a lot and I try to help out as much as possible so like I move things around and uh when the stunt guys were doing their stuff I was holding up um and pulling strings and stuff and, and making monsters fly around you were actually hurting them you know that right <laughs> yeah probably uh, but now it's a fun experience um, but then also you do um, your own films and, uh, as yeah, well. Yeah, I do production mostly to, you know, pay the rent, uh-huh. but I am a writer director myself. Yeah. Um, and you've got something uh, coming up um, called Eva. T- tell us about Eva. Yeah, Eva, it's basically a sci-fi miniseries. It's an adaptation from a comic book from uh, Marco Turini. Awesome. And uh, it's kind of like, it's in this dystopian world where, you know, Earth wasn't livable anymore. Okay. And um, society had to move underground into a four level society called Genis and uh, since uh, I studied obviously in Italy classical literature I decided to draw a metaphor with the Dante's Inferno for it so each character has you know like a name from a character to Dante's Inferno and Mm -hmm. we have many like similarities to it yeah and yeah, it's going great so far. We shot a teaser uh, like about a month ago yeah. uh, that we're going to uh, screen at the mill uh, yeah. in a couple of weeks. That's great. Um, the mill was just... Yeah, yeah because they are attached to the project. That's great because uh, basically the project is produced by Bish Media uh, from uh, Hayley Bishop that yeah. I know has been a guest on this podcast she has, as well. Hayley from Dawn of the Death, yeah, one of the Hayley lead actresses. From the De- and she's also my lead. She's my EVA, as I call her, like my cyber <laughs> goddess. And... Uh, and from uh, 555 production from Kate Baxter. Yeah. So those are the two producers on board at the moment. And the mill is attached to the project already for yeah. VFX and post, That's which awesome. is amazing because yeah. I love the guys. And, it must be harder yeah. to kind of create a dystopian world. Um, 
uh, like a low budget dystopian world without it looking um, kind of, I don't know, crappy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, well, that's why it's not a low budget yeah, at yeah. all. And that's why we are, you know, doing this event. It's True, to yeah. raise money for it. Because basically we we shot a teaser that we mm-hmm. were able to do it. on like, really low. It's really good. Yeah. I think it's really strong. And um, and now we're trying to shoot up a short proof of concept, mm-hmm. which obviously going to take more money. But the thing is that one of my references for Eva art films like children of men or district nine and you see there's very little cgi in those films it's much more about the props it's about production design it's about the the dark drama behind the story not so much about you know cgi and cool ships flying around like we have nothing uh, to do with that well you could just do that with a voiceover you could could just have the lake carry going and there were lots of robots in the next room yeah exactly exactly (laughs) and i I want it to look like really realistic that's why like you know my references are everything the old studios does in terms of like fiction you know raka uh and uh, all these things and like just real props yeah, instead yeah, of CG. Effects. Yeah, also because it's really expensive. Yeah, <laughs> So yeah. if we can go practical, better. And Hayley plays like a, like she plays like a half cyborg type creature, right? Yeah, basically she plays this human who actually has a cyborg uh, arm and a cyborg leg because basically <laughs> the closer you are to the earth center, yeah. uh, the worse the conditions are. And the, okay. the fourth level is like the minds of the society. So obviously by working there, they get burned and they lose, you know, like arms and uh, she got replaced with like a cyborg arm and a leg yeah and um <laughs> then you you will be blown away yeah. uh, by some twists during well, the series the fact, but yeah just the fact that Haley's gonna be like half a robot it just makes me want to watch it it's, it's <laughs> amazing she does an amazing job and i have to say the guy who did the prosthetics for us he worked on blade runner on the new blade oh, wow, runner okay. as well so he made these amazing prosthetics yeah. out of you know foam that looks like metal and it, and Ailey is really good. She is my perfect She's Eva because awesome, yeah. I I start I approached her at the beginning because I needed a producer on board and mm-hmm. I I really get along with her. She's yeah. American and I want to work in America, <laughs> so we we have both similar goals. And then she said, "I would love to produce it, but I would also love to be EVA." And actually, she's perfect for it. How I did also, you meet Hayley, by the way? Uh, we boxed together. Oh, okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, we started boxing together, and then with Rick. With Rick. Yeah, with he's Rick. coming on the show at some point. Oh, he great. keeps making excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's very busy. He's a very busy guy, yeah. like planning all the boxing thing. Yeah. But yeah, we, we met through boxing. And when I discovered she was American and she lived in LA, I just like went crazy because <laughs> I lived in America as well and I yeah. want to go back to America. Uh-huh. So we just bonded on boxing and how much we love America. Yeah, which is a coincidence yeah. because America is a bit of a dystopian wasteland at the moment. So. <laughs> it is, actually. It is. But that's why we want to make our series there. You know, it's yeah. kind of even low budget. <laughs> I was with Hayley uh, the other day. We went to see Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and I, so when the, when the credits rolled, everyone was like around me, like, was like crying or like happy and joyful. Turned to Hayley and she was like, that was a load of rubbish, wasn't it? She's like, that was rubbish. <laughs> That's why me and Hayley really get along. Because I, uh, I completely agree with Hayley. I'm sorry. Like, maybe I don't sorry. get it. But I just, as an Italian, yeah. seeing those kind of films and knowing that one of the strengths of that film is the visuals, yeah. it's really annoying for me because Italy is beautiful. And I think it's really easy to shoot something beautiful in Italy. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean yeah. I, I thought, yeah, it was beautiful. But I mean, the, I think the central love story was quite, quite believable. 
Um, I mean, I've never been in that situation, but like, yeah. it seems quite believable. But um, I mean, some of the things kind of um, I didn't understand. Like, do you, do you remember that bit where the the, the kid takes uh, the the guy to um, a place where he he likes to be alone in the middle yeah. of this river? Um, spoiler alert! Yeah, it's spoiler alert. <laughs> goes, they go to this river and they stand on this river, and, and the kid goes, "Oh, this is where I go to read. Um, I've read hundreds of books here." And I'm thinking, he's read hundreds of books inside a river. It d- d- doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, and it's actually like it's the coldest river because it gets like right from the Alps, so, so yeah. it's actually really cold. And I'm like, but was that weird. wasn't the most like unbelievable things of that film for you- me. I have to say, like, <laughs> it's just the way they they speak and the social context is I I found it very pretentious in a way I mean it was pretentious um, and, and the peach spoilers yeah the peach, the peach oh the peach no no I love peaches like uh, not I'm not sure I can eat a peach <laughs> in my own life ever again but yeah After, uh, afterwards I was texting Hayley and we were going through the through the, the logistics of what would happen to a peach if you if you did that and it just doesn't make any sense but um, peaches are there to be eaten that, that's fine <laughs> well but. he did try but. he did try yeah that was very intense but let's not let's not get it yeah let's go on to uh, the aim of the show the kind of um the main point of the show is to recommend films as i'm the host i'm going to go first and we'll go one by one so uh, my first recommendation um of what to watch on netflix um but it's not actually on netflix it's on a japanese streaming service called crunchyroll do you know about this oh no i don't oh, but I, I really want to start it's great. So Crunchyroll is like the American um, portal for Japanese anime. And I've never been big into anime at all. I've only recently started watching it with like Attack on Titan and uh, Death Note. But there's one particular um, thing that I was drawn to recently, um, and it's called the Jun- Junji Ito Collection. And Junji Ito is a Japanese uh, novelist and writer and, car- and um, animator who... Um, creates horror horror stories oh, wow. and some of his um horror stories were, were produced in in manga format which is like a japanese comic format and i I've, I've read i think almost everything he's got and it's just the most incredible horror stories ever so to see it in an animated form now um is is brilliant and uh crunchyroll's free by the way so you can just like log on and and check it out um but just to give you an idea of some of the stories um, that, that he has, it's always something um, usually about like teenagers or like young people and about the problems they go into. So there's a lot of crossover into like relationships and, and coming of age mixed with horror. But there's this one particular story that really gets to me. And it, when I first read the, the manga, I was, I was kind of shocked. And then I was like, oh. I need to kind of do like my version of this and send it to Rob. But um, so this is one story that they've animated um, and it's called The Long Dream. And it is about a guy who gets admitted to hospital um, and he's kind of slightly mad or at least and the doctors don't really know what to do with him. But he says to the doctor, like, something really strange is happening. I have long dreams. And the doctor says, well, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? And he says, when I go to sleep... Um, when I wake up in the morning, it feels like I've been asleep for like a couple of days instead of just one night. And the doctor goes, okay, that, that is strange, but there's no problem. It's not going to hurt you. So then the next night, the guy says, I've been asleep for a month. And the, and the guy's like, no, you've been asleep for one night. And the guy says, in his dream, he's he's been there for a whole month inside a dream. So every night he sleeps, his dreams get longer and longer. And then he's, so he says, I've, I was away for a whole year. Um, and he, he can barely remember being in the hospital he, about anything about his waking life and they think it's strange but also he's aging as well he's, he's aging while he's asleep 
And then eventually it gets to like he was asleep for a decade, but to them mm. it's one night and he's getting older. And then it becomes a hundred years, a thousand years, ten thousand years, and he's evolving, um his body's evolving into like a creature basically. Um wow. and it's so it's so weird and he becomes in like this weird, twisted vision of what humans will be in the future. Um and I'm not going to spoil it because that, I mean, that's only like half of it, but it kind of spawns off um, into, it into really that. Yeah. A lot. yeah. How long is it? Um, used, um, the whole thing, uh, they usually fit two stories in, into one episode. Okay. Um, and so it's about 25 minutes. So I think the long right. dream was about uh, 20 minutes long and, and the last one was five minutes long. But um, yeah, these are just classic Japanese manga stories. They're quite well known in Japan, but not so well known over here. And it's free to watch right now on if you just go to crunchyroll.com um, and check out Junji Ito collection uh, you can give it a watch and it's really inspiring actually because his his imagination is is uh, it goes in, in weird places you wouldn't expect um so yeah so that check it out sounds really cool i'm yeah. definitely i'm definitely convinced yeah. i will definitely watch it it's uh, anime it's always get into very dark places but it's always like yeah. such Especially a great the Japanese. world like the imagination behind it and the yeah. world they create is it's even better than a sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And obviously there's no there's no budget limits when you've got an animation, yeah, so course. they can do any kind of monster you like and yeah. go anywhere you want. Um, yeah, and I've watched, um, I think there's four episodes right now up on Crunchyroll and I've watched three of them and they're all in, just incredible. Um, so that's my first choice. Um, oh, well, good done. well done. Alice or Alice? <laughs> Alice. <laughs> uh, what would you like to recommend? Okay, my first choice is not so much a niche kind of thing, okay. and probably most of you will already have watched it. Uh-huh. But I have to say, I recently watched uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, okay. which is the new series from uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, and yeah. that you probably know from Gilmore Girls. I don't. I've never seen Gilmore Girls. Oh my God, Gilmore or Amazing Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Even though everyone tells me it's amazing, I've not watched amazing. it. It's amazing. It is, because basically I was drawn to it because I grew up with Gilmore Girls. Okay. And I know a lot of people hated it because it's very fast-paced, like witty dialogues and mm-hmm. a lot of chit-chatting between, you know, this mom and this daughter who are basically best friends. But for yeah. me, it had like, it really uh, spoke to me because I had the same kind of relationship with my mom. So for okay. me and my mom, like we would sit and watch it all together. Rosso Girls. I Rosso Girls, exactly. <laughs> but cooler. Um <laughs> And then, uh, so yeah, this is like the new comeback of Emmy Sherman Palladino, and it's about um, a Jewish girl uh, in New York in the 60s oh, okay. that um, goes through a divorce, which right. was obviously like something very unusual at the time, and decides to become a stand up comedian. Oh, right. So it's all about her journey becoming a stand-up comedian in obviously a very male-dominated environment. And her way of doing comedy is actually really nasty. So (laughs) she talks about sex, marriage, kids with no filter. And (laughs) she's great. She won the the Golden Globe as um, the best best comedy actress because she is really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. And the way it's written is just, it's kind of like Gilmore Girls, but much deeper. Because it's not just comedy, it's about the drama of, you know, a Jewish family in New York going through a divorce and all the the dynamics in that kind of society. Mm -hmm. So definitely watch it. I watched the first season in like two days and... (laughs) When I la- watched the last episode, I wanted to kill myself because I needed the second season right now. And are they making yeah. it? Are they making a second series? Yeah, oh, yeah, excellent. they are. It, it was really successful, yeah. and yeah, I think they're already shooting. Uh, it's really if you are looking for something to watch that is both entertaining, 
smart and also with uh, something that would make you think about life and about relationships like mm-hmm. definitely watch that I, will, I mean Amazon's really trying to push it on me every time I, I log on to Amazon.com it's like the amazing Mrs. Maisel just pops up and listen to Amazon exactly. Amazon knows better <laughs> that algorithm knows me very well um, yeah I mean and I'll, I, I've started to really love like period dramas even though this is only just the 60s because yeah. um, I have a, a recent love of all things Downton Abbey and I never thought I'd be into that and I watched the first episode for a, for this other podcast I do and I was like oh this is my show I love this oh, and really? now I think okay. I'm I've watched six seasons now I'm, I'm a couple of episodes from the end I would have never pictured you as a guy who it's watches so Downton Abbey I've I never swear. watched it I I'm probably need to then <laughs> it's it's just so well written it's I mean you can it doesn't matter what genre it is just it's just the writing is just perfect and and the characters are amazing and actually one of the reasons why i did watch it was because um for salt um mm. we had um alice lowe as, as the lead character mm. but we were also looking uh for at a character uh, actress that was in um this show in, in downton abbey which was um I'm not going to say her name, actually, because Alice Lowe was brilliant. So. Yeah, she was incredible. And also so lovely to work with Alice on Lowe set. Alice Lowe amazing. We had such an amazing time no, just chit-chatting. Exactly. And just, oh, she's, she's great. I love it. The thing I like about Alice Lowe, I'm sorry to, to go off on tangent, <laughs> is the fact like um, as soon as the food comes out, she was well into the food and she's like getting seconds. That's what we bonded on because <laughs> yeah. I'm Italian, I love food, and I was always making sure that you know everyone was fed. So yeah, me yeah. and her just bonded over the food and it was just like the best bond you can have with someone. I mean, like you need that food on every film set on every oh, film set so important so uh, important it's really cool um anyway so that's, that's a great uh choice for your first choice um so going to my second choice now my second choice of what to watch um on netflix is something that's actually on amazon as well um and it's halt and catch fire now um, you may not know about halt and catch fire but again i was on another podcast um and it's a podcast where we recommend um pilot episodes where we we watch all pilot episodes to see um if we want to continue watching and where it sits in the best pilot episodes of all time and um because uh my my co-presenter suggested big bang theory which i hate by the way i wanted something <laughs> that was similarly about it and kind of geeky so i heard halt and catch fire was pretty good so i made us watch the first episode and as i was watching i was like oh my god this this is amazing i'm going to be obsessed by this so now i'm obsessed by hot and catch fire um and this you may think that this is maybe an an obvious choice if if you're already into it but it's not very well watched and it's kind of hidden away i don't know anyone else who's watching it besides uh rob jelly who co-hosts the pilot with me yeah i Um, didn't know about it yeah, yeah it's basically about the um set in the early 80s and it's about a, a two guys who work for this uh, computer company who um it's, it's about the beginning of the computer age and of home computing so it's the first episode is about a uh, these two guys who want to reverse engineer the ibm home computer which was the most popular selling computer reverse engineer it so they can make a version themselves and to me, and yes, that sounds kind of boring and it sounds like it's not dramatic, <laughs> but I promise you, it's very, very dramatic. There's all kinds of stuff involved. One guy is um, having real problems with his wife because she doesn't want him to pursue this project and their marriage is kind of failing. But also she wants to, to kind of um, encourage him to like reach out and, and, and catch his dreams. And then you've got this other character that's very much like a Don Draper style character who is full of himself, who, who will step on people's necks to get what he wants. And this kind of dichotomy of a, a kind of a, 
a uh, guy who's really kind of henpecked and kind of browbeaten by his wife. And then you also got this Don Draper character who's just his womanizer. He knows what he wants. And these two characters together is such a great dynamic. Um, it's, I'm excited for, I've only watched the, the first couple of episodes, but already I'm really, really hooked. Um, and then they, there's also this uh, female character who is, um, I think she's like 17 or 18, and she's a bit of a kooky character. And, and I'm guessing back then in the 80s, it's semi-based on a true story. There wasn't very many female uh, programmers out there. Yeah. So she's there as the kind of um, a bit of a, of balance to this story, um, and it's and it's great, and it's just the acting is is amazing. And um, is this a drama or a comedy? It's a dramedy. I would dramedy. Say. Okay, good. So yeah. there are comedic elements, yeah, um, and but there's a lot of drama. Um, and, and there's a lot of kind of like 80s nods as well like when they go to the cinema you see them watching uh, Return of the Jedi and things like that oh, so I guess right. it's a set yeah. in like 83 or something um, but you know it's, it's a really great show and it's currently on Amazon and um, it's never really on the on the front page of um, Amazon Prime so you kind of got to type it in Halt and Catch Fire um, and it's called Halt and Catch Fire because that represents in, in the computer world um, uh, an instruction for a computer to basically implode um <laughs> So yeah, and that maybe is a metaphor for the whole show, um, but it's great. Um, and you can watch. I think there's only three seasons of this, and it's completely finished now. I think it finished uh, last year, and uh, so you can you can blitz the entire uh, show um, on Amazon Prime right now. That's my second choice. Sounds good. Very good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Would it be something that you'd be usually into? Mm, probably not, because yeah. I am not that much of a geeky myself, and I'm actually terrible. <laughs> yeah, you are doing a sci-fi comes... show. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm actually terrible when it comes to technology. Right, like okay. I, I don't know how to use an iPhone. Probably, like I have problems with that. Every time I need to change my phone, I need like a week of like you know adjustment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it's definitely something worth watching, especially because it's kind of like a Mr. Robot, but set in the exactly. eighties. Uh, that yeah. might be the case. I love Mr. Robot as well. No, Mr. Robot's great. Uh, well, actually, I love the first season. The second season, I was a little bit so-so with. Uh, but yeah, Alice, what's your Alice? What's Alice? Your... No, 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 <laughs> no. Please, you Alice no, 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 no. It's gonna really piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my second recommendation. It's yeah. um, it's a film that went a bit like off the radar, I think, but okay. it's uh, it recently. Was was added to Netflix and it's called The Belko Experiment. Excellent. It's a very dark, dark film and Mm. uh, that's how you can, you know, understand my problems because I love comedies and like Love Story (laughs) and then I would watch The Belko Experiment. It's it's, it's comedic elements again in it. It has comedic, it's more like a social commentary to it. Um, It's a co-production, I think, with Colombia and like America. That's why it's set in in Colombia, actually. Ah, And... um, it has like a, a very weird casting choice. Like there is the <laughs> Doctor Cox from Scrubs, yeah, which for me, it, yeah. like I, I couldn't like take him seriously. I was like, <laughs> I, I really can't. But he's actually really good. Yeah. Um. So basically, yeah, the film it's the story of this, you know, like huge like office building mm-hmm. that suddenly one day it gets closed off, all the entrances closed, and there is a voice coming yeah. out and saying like, "Infinite two hours, thirty of you." Uh, aren't dead we're gonna kill all of you yeah yeah so it's all about obviously people like waiting and freaking out and then starting to kill each other because it's better to have 30 deaths than everyone everyone dead yeah so i loved it actually i thought it was really good um really gory like a bit over the top sometimes when like head starts you know like blowing out but (laughs) that was like the comedic element for me actually yeah and uh, i just it really like 
it really stayed with me because I love stories about survival yeah. and about what people are willing to do in order to survive. I think like in everything mm -hmm. I write, yeah. uh, there is always this aspect of, you know, like in putting this situation and if it's your survival on the line or the people you love, yeah. like where is the human being willing to go yeah. and how dark can you go? Yeah. And they, uh, and they go as far as possible in this. Yeah, they do. I, they I, really do. Like, um, I, I love anything that's contained and set in, in one location. Um, and the fact that it's just set in an office building, they kill each other using the things they find around the office. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's genius. And I think it, it was is. really low budget as well. Yeah, Cause yeah. obviously like set in Colombia with the Colombian co-production. Yeah. And I love also the movies about, you know, ex social experiments. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's I think it was really smart and the ending was quite yeah. quite like, I'm not going to spoil no. <laughs> it but it has a good twist yeah it's um I think it was written by James Gunn as well and James Gunn is the director of um Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. and Slither yeah and all those ones um and yeah I mean it's, it's a great choice because it's something that I think it did go under the radar yeah I think if you're not a horror fan you probably would have missed it and if you see it on um on Netflix you might give it a miss because I don't think yeah, there was a lot of buzz around it. No, not at all, which is weird because I've watched it at the cinema. So it, the cinema? it was in wow. the cinema, but okay. just for like probably just one weekend. Yeah. And it was really weird because I thought, you know, it was good cast, like great writer and director. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like the marketing probably didn't. Was that really at Fright well. Fest? Did you watch it at Fright uh, Fest? No, I okay. watched it in a Cineworld. Okay. So, Which we're going yeah. to later. Yes, we are. Yeah. I'm so excited. Love Cineworld. Yeah, love Cineworld. Get a Cineworld card is like the best thing you can do for yourself. <laughs> it is. Um, and what, we, don't, we don't even know what we're going to watch later, do we? No, we, we, because we have to go in the afternoon and there isn't really much on. I wanted to watch Jumanji, but you've already I've watched, watched Jumanji, it. Yeah. And I really look forward to that because I just love everything The Rock does. I mean, everything. he is amazing. He is honest. amazing. Um, I, I would definitely recommend you watching Jumanji. Mean, this, isn't, this isn't one of my recommendations, but Juman the new Jumanji is, is very, it's, very entertaining. Yeah, oh yeah. my God. My only concern is that Jumanji was like my first love, basically, yeah, as, yeah. A, as a kid. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching it at the cinema and my parents took me there and at the first scene when you know the kids get like drawn into the game yeah, yeah, yeah. I just shouted so loudly and my parents had to like take me out of the cinema Why? because I was so scared I was really little I was like <laughs> five or six you know so and you never but, played a board game since uh no 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 board games but actually i love jumanji and that's probably when you know like it was a sign that i would have been into you know scary things yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah. even if something scares me i'm up for it have you seen this the sequel to jumanji because they made a space one as well what yeah so that i had no idea so that, so about a few years after jumanji they made one called uh zathura a, it's called a space something and it's it's about Jumanji but it's a space game instead and it's got um um Kristen Stewart in it no way yeah oh my god how did I know about it but is it like the official like Jumanji it's official too? Yeah, yeah yeah oh wow okay well yeah. I need to watch that everyone forgets about it it's just really good because like the game's set in space and then the house they're in gets blasted into space and the spaceships oh, wow. and stuff that's kind of like aliens. Spy Kids like 3 isn't yeah, it yeah it's a bit like Spy Kids <laughs> Uh, Spike is 3D. That's what it's called. Spike is 3D. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's another great choice, and that's available on on Netflix right now. I think we recommended about like five other things as that's well, fine. but that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. People can watch. People have time. Um, okay, and so now my final choice uh, of what to watch on Netflix is a bit of a strange one, um, but it's currently on a streaming service called Shudder. 
Uh, and Shudder is a horror streaming website, and it's but well, the good thing that and make, what makes it easy is they're now linked up with Amazon. So if you've got an Amazon Prime account, you can easily get anything that's on Shudder. Um, so if you type it in and it, it appears on Amazon Prime, it might be under the name Shudder as the as the channel. Um, a little bit confusing, but just go to Amazon and type it in, you'll find it. This film is called Spookers and came out um, last year. And it's a documentary. And uh, Spookers is the name of a haunted house attraction in New Zealand. And yeah, so it's uh, this, this. I need to go there now. Yeah. So it's you, about, you already win me over. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, like, I love anything horror and I love like being scared in real life. I love. Um, so um, just as an aside, quickly before I, I talk about this, I went to um, a kind of uh, a VR attraction a couple of days ago. I went to um, the Star Wars virtual reality game. Oh, yeah. I heard about, about it. Yeah. It's in Westfield. I knew, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah there's yeah. three in the world. There's like in the, there's the two Disney's in America and then one in Westfield. In, um, in Stratford. In Shepherd's Bush, actually. Shepherd's Bush, it's moving yeah. to Stratford, but it's the one in Shepherd's Bush. And I was like, oh, I don't know what, what this is going to be, but it cost 30 quid. So I thought, this better be good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so you go there and they strap you into a vest um, and they give you a helmet to put on. So you, you, you place it over your head and you still, I still didn't really know what it was because I had, and my friend just told me about it. And my friend told me that there was a, um, that I would like it, but he, he doesn't want to give me any spoilers. So I was like, okay, so you go into this really small square room where you, you can't really move and it tells you to put down your helmet and you put down your helmet and then all of a sudden the, all the walls around you are like like metal and I'm looking at my friend and he's a stormtrooper. He looks like a stormtrooper oh, wow. and I look like a stormtrooper from Star Wars and then you, you get made to watch this video and, and it says, okay, you're you're part of the rebellion and you're dressed as, as stormtroopers and you um, and you have to go and find this box somewhere. And again, I didn't know what it was. I thought you might go into a, into a room and search around for a box, like mm-hmm. an escape room. But no, you get put onto a spaceship. You have to f- run through places. You find a gun. You've got to shoot stormtroopers. Oh my and it, God, and that's so cool. Yeah. And there's this one bit, you have to go over a bridge of lava. There's lava underneath and you can feel the heat. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and I'm not going to spoil that as well because it's it's incredible. And I really um, recommend people go to that. Um, and I think it's at Stratford... I mean, people listen to this in America won't know what I'm talking about, but you can go to Disneyland. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Star Wars VR is is, is amazing. It sounds uh, really, really amazing. But it's kind of like, it makes me a bit like, you know, wanting to go back to Disneyland in a way. Because oh, Disneyland yeah. has the same kind of thing. I don't know if you've ever been. Yeah, I was in there in December. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it was freezing. It, it was, but <laughs> still like Disneyland, you know, like Christmas, it's actually really yeah, magic. Yeah, it was just before Christmas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that brings me on to um, what I was uh, going to recommend. So it's a, a scare attraction. New Zealand run by this family they've done it for years and it's in an old insane asylum um, and the whole thing's called Spookers and it's just about the day-to-day almost like the admin of what it takes to run a scare attraction um, the most well-renowned one in New Zealand and because they're all Kiwis, um, they have a certain sense of humour. It's quite a dark sense of humour. And you just see them kind of getting dressed for the day, all dressing up as monsters. And it's not just like them jumping out of, of like dark corners and scaring people. They're, they they really go into depth. Like they put effort into it and they make every room a scene. Like maybe it's a woman giving birth and then all of a sudden like a monster comes out of her and then you're stuck there. Or it's uh, you're in a room and then there's a guy with a chainsaw that appears out of nowhere. Man, that's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> or like you're, you're in a room, there's a mirror and then a girl comes out of the mirror and starts chasing you. It's incredible. Um, 
and yeah, it's just and it feels like it feels like the the makers of this documentary really knew um, how to kind of create something that's essentially you don't because you don't see a lot of the scare stuff you just see the behind the scenes stuff it could be really boring because it's just about the day-to-day interactions but it the the good thing it does and the interesting thing it does which which all best documentaries do is it finds these unique people like in mm. the cast yeah so you have someone you have a guy who's just come out as gay and he and the reason why he's done that is because um him playing a kind of a a weird character in this haunted house has has made him more confident Mm-hmm. Um, so, so he can do that, um, and um, it's like a family as well because they're with all t- for a season. They're all together. Um, they kind of live and sleep and and eat there, and um, they spend most of the time together. And it's just really, really touching. And you wouldn't yeah, think that's something weirdly like sweet. It's for really a sweet. So it's not a horror documentary. It's no, it's not a horror no, documentary at all. Okay. No, it's it's just about these people who work in the horror industry. In the horror industry. Um, and yeah, no, I love it. And straight away after I watched it, I was like, oh, I want a Spookers t-shirt because they, <laughs> I, they they show their merchandise every now and again. I was like, oh, I want, I want, to, I want a staff Spookers t-shirt. So, we need to go there then yeah, and get you a in t-shirt. New Zealand, yeah. yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Sounds like a good reason to go. Why it's not? True. That's very true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really recommend it. And if you type Spookers into Amazon, it'll pop up. Um, you might have to sign up to Shudder, um, but you, you get a one month free trial anyway. So check it out for a month and then cancel it if you want to. But Shudder's great, by the way. Um, and of the death is appearing on Shutter soon. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, great. I love that film. Yeah. And I'm not saying it just because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so that's my final choice of what to watch on Netflix. Very good choice. Aliche? What? Uh, Aliche. <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, I'm going to go with something really cheesy. And I know we've been talking about how much we love dark, yeah, messed no, it up doesn't things. Have to be horror. But actually, I have to say that one of my favorite films of all the time was uh, The Pursuit of Happiness from uh, Muccino. Yeah, so you're going to have to sell this to me because yeah. I've, I've not seen it purposely because Will Smith's in it. So I'm not the biggest fan. Well, let's say I've seen it just because Will Smith was in it okay. <laughs> at the beginning because I tend to not really like Italian cinema. Okay. That's why I'm not a big fan so of Call Me By Your Name. You class this as Italian cinema? I haven't seen it, so I've not. Well, idea it's not it. Italian cinema, but it's an Italian director. Okay. So, and it's usually like I don't really like agree with the way Italian directors like do things. I feel yeah. very different. That's why when I decided to do filmmaking, I moved to New York because okay. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm yeah. sorry. But anyway, this film was uh, it's actually one of my favorite films because mm-hmm. first of all, it's a true story. Okay. And it's a really, really interesting story about this basically homeless man who just to be able to support his kids starts working in Wall Street and is actually a genius and becomes oh. one of the most successful businessmen in New York at the mm-hmm. time. But for me, like what really, really uh, speaks to me about this film is the fact that it's so like motivational. Okay. And it, every time I think that, you know, I can't do it, I feel like I'm having a bad day and I don't believe in what I'm doing and there's no purpose. I watch this film mm-hmm. and it kind of keeps me back on track. It's the film that made me decide to do filmmaking because wow, okay. I was living in Italy and I loved American films and I knew that like the Italian filmmaking industry wasn't of any interest for me. Yeah. And then when I watched this film, I actually thought, well, wait a second, like, why can't I go there? Because yeah, it always yeah. felt like something like really far from, from yeah. my culture and my life. And this film made me realize, actually, if you really want something, you just have to be brave enough to fight for it. Yeah. And that's when I decided to move to New York and pursue my filmmaking career, yeah. which 
for now it's going pretty well. I have so, that same relationship yeah. with uh, the Sex and the City movie. I'm only oh joking. my god, I, I'm only <laughs> I was about to say me too. No, <laughs> I love the Sex and the City. I'm not seeing it. I love Sex and the City was like my favorite TV show because when I had to go move, uh, when I had to move to New York, yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna be Claire Bradshaw. Obviously, I wasn't because <laughs> I wasn't able to afford Manolo Blahnik every other week, but. So it's a great film. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, and and I mean, I know it's a drama and stuff. And, and Will Smith, he's a, a a decent actor. He's an amazing actor. But it, does he actually? <laughs> can he portray someone this kind of? He is incredible in this film. I think he's incredible because of his intensity. I think he's the kind of actor who's never like over the top when mm-hmm. it comes to drama, even right. in uh, you know uh, Seven Pounds. Yeah, again, I always get these two films mixed up because they just feels like yeah, it's the same. Because poster. they're from the same uh, director as well. Is they it? are, they are, oh. and it's it's kind of like his you know series in a way. Right. And okay. uh, but I like it much better, like The Pursuit of Happiness, because while Seven so Pounds is about something very you know tragic and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful story but I kind of like even too much it's yeah. kind of like uh, are you like trying to make me cry in a way <laughs> yeah. uh, well this one it's more like an inspirational story with a very strong drama and the, the, the amazing thing is that Will Smith plays with his kid Mm-hmm. And they are the two main characters. Is it Jaden Smith? Is yeah, it real, real when he was like still young and like, yeah. <laughs> let's say like, innocent. Yeah. And the amazing chemistry they have, and mm-hmm. the kid is it's it's so realistic. It's so like it. Yeah. It gives a great performance. So for me, it's really like definitely worth watching. And for me, that I I make a point of not liking Italian films. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this film is being directed by an Italian director in America. He is very American. He lives in America. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excused. But <laughs> yeah, just like I think like if you really want to watch something that kind of makes you like, you know, go on mm-hmm. and just like get a bit of like motivation boost. Yeah, yeah. That's the film for me. I'm just trying to think what, what my motivational films I watched that. When did you decide to become a filmmaker? What was it? Um, well, I don't think I ever thought, right, I want to sit down and become a filmmaker now. I just thought, oh, I've got all these stories to tell. Or when I, when I, when I was little, like I, I watch movies and I always think, oh, I can, I can do better than this. Or I've got an idea. Or sometimes, especially with horror films, I watch it and I go, oh, that would have been good if someone changed this thing. So then I was going to write down this, this is my version of this. Or, um, and then like people were like, oh, that's, that story is cool. And then, um, eventually when I met Rob, he was just, I was telling him all these stories and he was like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. I go, oh, well, I've got this other idea. And he's like, oh no, we should do that one as well. And, um, yeah, um, I think it's quite serendipitous. Mm. Uh, we were talking about serendipity earlier. <laughs> that me, <laughs> yeah. me and Rob met because, um, we have the same kind of like horror sensibility of how horror should be done. And because with horror, it really is, there's a, there's a plan to it that, Every horror is roughly the same. If you if you know the structure of horror, you can't go wrong if you kind of follow it. And as long as you follow the kind of the kind of pattern of horror, you, you'll make a decent horror. But so many filmmakers don't don't realize how horror works. Um, and I think you have to watch a shit ton of horror to kind of know the pattern. Yeah. And I've kind of broken it down into three horror into three steps which I'm not going to say out loud because it's kind of like a secret it's your next book <laughs> no well basically there's, there's three steps to horror to make to make the perfect horror it's yeah. really simple it boils down to three things um, and as long as you have that in you're going to it's going to be a decent story and it's we've kind of applied it to like the stuff that we've yeah. done it's worked but yeah so I think actually the, the, the film that kind of makes me inspired is uh, The Breakfast Club 
Yeah. Everything with John Hughes. Yeah. Um, just because they're all outsiders. And I always like an underdog story. And mm. when the outsiders win, it, it makes me excited. Who like, doesn't? <laughs> yeah, I always think of myself as, as an outsider. Like I was um, on, the, on the last episode of this podcast, um, I had a couple of friends on who I went to school with who have their own pop culture podcast. And I hadn't seen them for years. And in my mind, I'd kind of like thought myself as an outsider, as a kind of um, like everyone kind of hated me. But no, I was really popular in school. And I, and I, I, I would say- You the, wish you were the outsider. Yeah. And it's funny because like when I do Q&As and stuff and people ask me, oh, when did you get into horror? I always, my line is, oh yeah, I was like the kid in school that everyone hated and I would just write about horror. But no, everybody liked me. I was, you I was, don't I was have to be kid. that kid. You're actually <laughs> quite a nice person. Quite a nice yeah, person. Yeah, you're quite a nice person. Like, <laughs> Not- yeah, well, I wouldn't say like you are into horror and really messed up things like the first look. You look so nice and like friendly. Okay. Oh, thanks very much. Um, but yeah, um, I think it's there was an element of that whereas if if I said I was into horror some people even now even though horror is one of the main kind of like money makers in cinema um, people still go oh okay that's that's a bit weird isn't it and you just think it's the biggest film horror film ever Get Out is one of the was getting Oscars and stuff so happy about that yeah, finally it's brilliant and horror's yeah. been recognised so it's only a matter of time before like the horror kind of geeks kind of inherit the earth yeah But that's also, I think, what's dangerous with horror is that, like, a lot of people take it for granted in a way and think it's easy. Because, as you said, you know, there are, like, if you follow a structure with horror, it's really hard to go wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think there are a lot of, like, average horror films because they are just, like, the same story told in a different setting. In a haunted house, in the woods, in, like, you Mm -hmm. know. And I think that's the the risk that we are going with with horror is that, like, we're gonna, we're seeing, like, a lot of very similar things. And that's why I love films like The Balco Experiment or, like, Blair Witch Project, which Mm -hmm. was the one, the first one who did, you know, kind of, like... Fan footage. Fan footage. And that those are the kind of things we need. And Get Out. Get Out is, like, so groundbreaking because it blends into comedy and you know mm-hmm. racism yeah. and and Dawn of the Death of course yeah. and Dawn of the Death obviously <laughs> obviously which I'm looking forward to watch again yeah. soon and when we make the feature um, it'll be even better because you can watch it for longer <laughs> oh love it yeah. Um, but yeah no, that's, a, that's a great choice I'm not 100% sure I'm, I'm convinced by Will Smith but I'm because you recommended I'm going to definitely give it a go I promise okay, I'll watch you have it a, I'll, I'll owe you one if you don't but I, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to love it because okay. we have quite similar taste and yeah. It's a very good film. Okay. Like, beside, you know, if you like Will Smith or not, it's mm-hmm. a very good film and it's an amazing true story. So, okay. for me, like, when there are these, like, true stories, I think they need to be told by anyone. You yeah. Know? Okay. Well, I'll watch it. Um, and that's it. Um, do you have anything else you want to kind of promote or anything else you're working on that you want to talk about? Uh, well, no. I would say just like if you are interested in knowing more about the EVA series, drop mm-hmm. me an email and come to the party. We are having a great party so at the mill. Sorry? How can people come? What are the details? They have to reach out to me. And if they are cool enough, I'm going to give them an invitation. <laughs> okay. Because uh, we are holding a party at the mill in their yeah. amazing rooftop. And it's going to be really ah, cool. Nice. And uh, we are going to be dressed as like, you know, this kind of like dystopian heroines. <laughs> okay. We are trying. We are trying. That's the aim. Like, I'm not sure. Okay. It's the day before Valentine's Day, it's right? It's the day before 13th. Valentine's Day. So we yeah. made a point in being the day before is Valentine's Day. Okay. And... Um, yeah, just like if you're interested in knowing more about the series, just drop me a line. How do they get in touch with you? You can drop me an email at mm-hmm. alice.rosso10 at gmail.com. Alice.rosso10 10, yeah. at gmail.com. At and gmail. what's your, uh, your your handles on social network? What's, are you on Twitter? 
Uh, I am on Twitter, but I'm not really like very good at it, okay. I guess. Uh, I love Instagram. I am okay. Alice Rosso 10 as well. Okay. And uh, I am building a website right now and okay. I discovered I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> if anyone out there is a great web designer and doesn't mind working for an Italian woman, I, I provide like dinner and I'm really good at cooking. So You're going to get can... so many offers. Exactly. So yeah, just drop me a line because I really need help in that. <laughs> uh, well, thanks very much for coming on. It's, it's Thank great you for you having me. Yeah, really nice. Right. Really nice way to spend a Sunday and oh. now off to the cinema. Off to the cinema, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, thanks very much and I'll see you next week. If you want to get in touch with me, I'm in the usual places at Jed Shepard on Twitter, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Uh, you can check out the other podcasts on postpodcast.com. Uh, so you've got Monkey Tennis, you've got The Pilot, um, you've got this one, what to watch on Netflix, you can see back episodes, or don't forget to subscribe and rate on iTunes, etc. Alright guys, I will see you next week, um, and have a good time, bye!